the Lord and God bless you. This is the podcast of the Refuse Temple Church located at 152 North Main Street in Burlington, North Carolina, where our pastor is Bishop Reginald J. Davis. This podcast is brought to you on the following streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Podcasts. Thank you again for joining us. Please enjoy as our Bishop Davis speaks. Well, some of you have known that kind of a loss and you survived it. We ought to be grateful today. I learned a lesson a long time ago, and this is the reason why I glorify God. That if I praise him for what he has already done, he will turn around and do something else. Some of y'all missed that. Some of y'all missed that. If I thank him for what he's already done, it might seem meager to you. It might seem small to you. It might seem irrelevant to you. But if I would just take the moment to thank him for what he has already done, God has a way of turning stuff around and doing something else. So, so, so I just need everybody to open your mouth and just thank him for what he has already done in your life. Hallelujah! God, I just want to say thank you right now. I honor you, I glorify you, I bless your name for your goodness, for your mercy, for your love and your kindness. Thank you for 2020. Only five days old. Don't know what's going to happen, but I thank you for 2020. I thank you for every blessing I'm going to walk into. I thank you for every challenge I'm going to overcome. I thank you for every demon that's going to be pushed out of my way. God, I thank you right now. Need you to bless your people now. Need you to open your mouth and talk to us. Say something to us that edifies and strengthens us and blesses us. Bind the hand of the enemy right now. Let the Holy Spirit take over our worship. And God be glorified in our midst. Lord, as you do all of these things, we give your name the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name. Clap your hands and give God praise, everybody, in the Lord's house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Get your Bibles and turn with me to the book of 1 Samuel. Tia, I'm trying to send it. For some reason, our Wi-Fi is not cooperating with me. So you may not see it on the screen today. I'm, I, I send it. It's sitting in my outbox, and it won't move. But we'll be okay. There was preaching before technology, y'all, all right? 1 Samuel chapter... Number four is where we'll begin. And you'll find us in 1 Samuel chapter 4 and 1 Samuel chapter 7. Chapter 4, notice if you would, verse number 21. 1 Samuel chapter 4 and verse 21. you're there, can you say amen? amen? First Samuel chapter 4 and verse 21. And she named the child Ichabod, saying, The glory is departed from Israel because the ark of God was taken and because of her father-in-law and her husband. And she said, The glory is departed from Israel for the ark of God is taken. Moving over to chapter number seven of the same book. Notice, if you would, verse number three. And Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel, saying, If ye do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange gods and Ashtaroth from among you, and prepare your hearts unto the Lord, and serve him only 
and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. Verse number four, and the children of Israel did put away Balaam and Ashtaroth and serve the Lord only. And Samuel said, gather all Israel to Mizpah, and I will pray for you unto the Lord. And they gathered together to Mizpah and drew water and poured it out before the Lord and fasted on that day and said there, we have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged the people of Israel in Mizpah. Verse number 12. And Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Shin and called the name of it Ebenezer, saying, Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. I want to talk to you today from the subject Ichabod, Mizpah, and Ebenezer. Before you take your seat, ask somebody, if the glory is gone, how do we get it back? God bless you. You can be seated. If the glory is gone, how do we get it back? If you have followed the last three messages I've preached, and if you were with me last night, the message, the fourth message, I guess, um, third message in this, in this installment, you know that we've been talking about the theology of the Holy Spirit. Um, the goal of this series is to increase both our understanding and also our appreciation of the Holy Spirit. Anybody here glad you got the Holy Ghost? Hallelujah. The most important thing that you can say about yourself is, I am full of the Holy Ghost. You know, we don't have testimony service like we used to years ago. So I wish you would just testify to a neighbor and tell him, I'm glad I got the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm glad I got the Holy Ghost. His presence has done something to me that Mother Foster uses this phrase, has left an indelible mark, uh, something that can't easily be taken from me. That's what the Holy Ghost has done in my life. And, and I want us to, if we have lost our appreciation, to regain our appreciation. You know, Christians can be so shallow that we celebrate our finances and our physical success much more than we celebrate just the fact that the Holy Ghost is living inside of me. Presence of God is living inside of me. He could live anywhere else, but he's living inside of me. He could dwell anywhere in the universe, but he's living inside. See, y'all ain't got it yet. He's living inside of me. He could rest on anybody, but he's resting on me right now. Oh, hallelujah. I never alone because the Holy Ghost is always with me. His presence is always covering me. His glory is always enveloping me. And so here I am humbled by the reality that the Holy Ghost is a part of my life. I want us all to appreciate it. I want us all to recognize it. And for at least the beginning of this series, it is important that we focus on the work of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. And I told you last Sunday, one reason was because I wanted us to make sure we understood the eternality of God, that the Holy Spirit is not a new thing, it's not a new phenomenon. The Holy Spirit was, is God, and so the Holy Spirit is eternal. Come on, somebody. That's why in Genesis 1, the Spirit of the Lord moved on the face of the waters. 
Hallelujah. It's not some creation that God just threw out there so we would have something. The Holy Spirit is eternal. And so he operated in the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, he was referred by a number of different names. But, and, and the one name we want to focus on today is the glory of the Lord. Everybody say the glory of the Lord. Glory of the Lord was not just a euphemism, but it was a tangible description of God's presence. The word glory in the Hebrew is, um, comes from the word doxa. And, and, and so it had literally a tangible sense of presence. And, 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 and sometimes we don't deal with this enough that there's a presence to the Holy Ghost. That you can feel him when he's in your space. Oh, hallelujah. Even before I received the Holy Ghost, I felt the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. I'm not trying to be deep and spooky. But before he filled me, he made me know that he was real. Hallelujah. I remember um, as a six-year-old going with my grandmother for the first time to Refuge Temple. And, and, and it was the middle of winter, and I was about six, and I had one of these big snowsuits on. And, 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 so, and, and for whatever reason, I didn't take it off when I came in service. So I was bundled up very, very well. But yet I was sitting in church feeling something touching me. Come on, somebody. And not knowing what was touching me. I, I felt the chills. I felt the presence of God. And, and, and I had never felt it before. And so I said, something is touching me in here. And my grandmother, who was a babe, said, son, that's the Holy Ghost. And, and so many people are, can be in the presence of God and not even realize what's happening. And then, I, so I don't want you to get scared when the Holy Ghost touches you. Because before you leave here, God might reach out just to let you know that he's real. I'm not trying to be spooky. I'm not trying to scare you. But I want you to be aware that the Holy Ghost has a presence. And that presence is real. Presence is real. Called him the glory of God has a weight to it. There's a, almost a feel of it that takes over on any given occasion. And, and, and so for Israel, the Ark of the Covenant was a physical representation of the presence of God. When Moses was building the tabernacle, God gave him instructions and said, I want you to build a chest about so big, so high, so wide, so deep, and overlay it with gold. And on top of the chest, um, lay a lid that was called the mercy seat. And the angels, there were two angels on each side of the mercy seat with their wings stretched over the mercy seat. Inside of the ark were the tablets of the Ten Commandments. They were made of stone and they were placed in the ark. Inside the ark was the rod that Aaron used that budded. Now, here it is. It was a dead stick, but it started to bud. Inside of the ark was the showbread, which was the manna, some of the manna that had fallen from heaven while they were in the wilderness experience. And, and so it was representative of certain things. The rod represented God's protection. You know, David said, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. What's comforting about the rod? The rod is God's stick, that if somebody messes with you, they got to deal with God's stick. Y'all see, y'all ain't following this. That means God's covering me. God's protecting me. God's overshadowing me. I don't have to fight for myself because there's a rod God is holding to protect my life. Hallelujah. The word is what I need to live. The word is God's imperatives, God's guidelines, God's directives for my life. And then the showbread is God's provision. What are you saying, Pastor? As long as God is with me, I've got his word, I've got his protection, I've got his provision. Why am I afraid when I got the Holy Ghost? Got his protection, got his word, I've got his provision. And that ark represented all of those things to Israel. And so everywhere they went, they were instructed 
to take the ark with them. In fact, when they left um, and crossed over into the promised land, they had to pass through the Jordan River. And now remember, by this time, Moses was dead. And Joshua was now the leader. For some reason, Aaron's rod was placed in the ark. But Moses' rod, we don't know what happened to it. The rod that he used at the Red Sea, when he stretched it out and the waters divided, the rod wasn't there anymore. But here's Joshua having to take them over to the promised land. So Joshua has no stick. So what does Joshua use? Joshua said, give me four priests and tell them to grab the ark. And those four priests, two on one side, two on the other side, started walking towards the Jordan. And Joshua says, step into the Jordan. When they stepped in the Jordan, the glory of God started pushing back the water. I need y'all to follow this. If you have the Holy Ghost, there can be stuff in your way. But the Holy Ghost will start pushing stuff out of your way. Stuff trying to block you, stuff trying to hinder you. But thank God for the power of the Holy Ghost that is moving things out of my way. They realized then there was something special about this ark. That as long as the ark was with them, they could not be stopped. And so, for that reason, Satan's attack is always to take the people of God away from the presence of God. And he does it through two means. First means he uses is he gets us to neglect what we have. And there are people here that have the Holy Spirit, but the enemy wants you to neglect what you have. So only meet the Holy Ghost in church. And some of y'all only come once a week. So that means you're going to live seven days without the presence of God and then try to come in and pull him in. Lord, touch me. Lord, move on me. Lord, bless me. But there's a reason why the Lord gave you a spirit that didn't live in the church. Come on, somebody. Because he knew there would be times when you would want to be here, but you can't be here. But if I got the Holy Ghost, I am never cut off. Come on, somebody. Oh, anybody know what I'm talking about? I can't always be among the saints. I love this environment. I love the choir singing. I love the praise and worship. I love the musicians. I love seeing us all gathered together. But there are times when I'm by myself. But thank God for a spirit that lives inside of me. So even when I'm not here, I can still have connection to the Holy Ghost. But you know what the devil does? He says, you know what? You're not in church, so forget about the Spirit. But that's when you got to open your mouth and say, Lord, touch me right here. I'm on the bus. I'm in the car. I'm in the office. I'm going to shut my door for a minute. But I need an encounter with the Holy Ghost. Oh, God, because hell doesn't break out sometimes in the church. It breaks out where we are. I need the Spirit to show up where I am, not where I'm going. So he tries to get us to neglect the Holy Spirit. And then the enemy tries to get us to grieve the Holy Spirit. And, and that's the part I need y'all to really wrap your head around today. That the Holy Spirit will not dwell in just any kind of environment. And one of the problems that believers have with the Holy Spirit is we take him for granted. We call him when we're in trouble. But when there's no trouble, we don't talk to him. And then we have the nerve to bring things into our life that competes with the Holy Ghost's place in our life. And I need to tell you this, and I, I want you to get this very clearly, that the Holy Ghost will not share you 
with your sin. Let me say it again. The Holy Ghost will not share you with your sin. If you want your sin more than you want the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost will say, you know what? You can have your sin. And I'll leave you alone. Come on, somebody. Because he's a gentleman. And he just doesn't show up anywhere doing anything. He needs to have access to your life. And that's the reason why some of us, oh, Shatama, I hear you, Holy Ghost. Some of us have this limited relationship. Why? Because we've given the Holy Ghost limited access. Shout me, but don't correct me. Make me speak in tongues, but don't force me to confront my issues. Talk to me about everybody else in the church, but don't talk to me about me. Come on, somebody. I want to know all of Jamie's business, so show me everything about him. But, but make sure you don't deal with my stuff. And the first revelation you receive from the Holy Ghost is the revelation of yourself. I need you to get this because when one of the things about the Holy Spirit is that he shows you, he connects you with God, but he also shows you how far away you actually are from God. And so one of the things the Spirit does is gives you a greater hunger for the presence of God. Anybody know what I'm talking about? As much as I enjoy the Spirit, I still want more. I want more of His presence. I want more of His glory. I want more of His influence. I want Him to talk to me. I want Him to relate to me. I want Him to console me. I want Him to correct me. I want Him to guide me. I want more of the Holy Spirit. Oh, God, shake somebody and say, I just want more. I just want more. I just want more. So, in his attempt to separate Israel from the presence of God, Satan decides, I'm not going to deal with the people. I'm going to deal with the priest. You need to pray for everybody that stands in front of you in church. You need to pray for me. You need to pray for all the ministers, all the deacons, all the missionaries. You need to pray for the praise team and the choir. Tell me why. Because our job is to help usher you into a greater presence of God. And so if I'm trying to destroy the church, I hear you, Holy Ghost. I don't start with the back row. Y'all ain't hearing me. I start with the pulpit. I start with the musicians. I start with the singers. I start with the mothers. I start with the leaders of the church because if I can compromise those leaders, then I compromise the congregation. Let me help you. You don't know what the people who stood in front of you today went through from last Sunday to today. Come on, somebody. You don't know because they get up and do what they do the way they always do it. But you don't know the hell that went on from last Sunday. Y'all ain't hearing me. Until today. So that when they got here, they have an attitude. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Oh, hallelujah. I was in the back trying to come out. And for whatever reason, I told you my, my computer just wouldn't act right. And I'm getting frustrated, flustered. Holy Ghost said, put your clothes on. Go out there and preach. Because I got the word. Even if they can't see it, I got the word. But he'll do anything to frustrate you to keep you out of the presence of God because if you're a leader and you drown somebody else is going to drown with you I need y'all to get this some of you think that what you do doesn't negatively impact anybody but you but that's a lie even if people don't know what you're doing, they can detect the shift and the downward spiritual spiral. 
and somebody is connected with you that is going to suffer harm because you stepped out of your place in God. Shatama. You just ain't holding on for you. You're the lifeline for your house. Come on, somebody. You're the lifeline for your children. You're the lifeline for your parents. You're the lifeline for the other saints. You're the lifeline for the people sitting on your row. So God give me grace, not just for me, but somebody's depending on me to get a prayer through on their behalf. So here goes the devil fighting against the anointing through the priest. Eli was the priest. He was the high priest. And he was the man of God. And Eli was anointed. Eli was prophetic. Eli was gifted. Eli was sincere. But Eli had two devilish sons. Come on, somebody. Phineas and Hopening. That was so devilish that the Bible says the sons of Eli were the sons of Belial or the sons of the devil. Now, Eli was a priest and his sons were priests. How do you go from being a priest to being called the son of the devil? How do you go? How do, how do you get like that? And let me tell you where it came from. When any minister allows his passions to be greater than his love for God, he will corrupt himself. Come on, somebody. And, 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 and that's why, and, and see, we need to read our Bible, preachers, because if you read your Bible, you wouldn't fall in the same trap of so many ministers down through the years that allowed themselves to be corrupted by their flesh. And the two things that got finished and hoping were their sexuality and their greed. The greed of the, because the priest lived off the sacrifice of the people. The Bible says that they would offer sacrifice and they would lay the sacrifice in a cauldron, a large pot. And the priest would take a flesh hook and stick it into the sacrifice. And then he would shake it and whatever fell in the pot was offered to God. And whatever stayed on the, fish, on the flesh hook, the priest could eat. Come on, somebody. And that was God's way of saying, some of it belongs to me and some of it belongs to you. Come on, somebody. I, I, I'm going to be real dramatic. We give our tithes an offering. Some of your tithes belong to God. Come on, somebody. But some of your tithes support the ministry. And it shouldn't bother you to support the ministry. I, I, I'm going to say this first year and I'm grown, all right? If I'm feeding you, you ought to take care of me because I'm feeding you. Come on, somebody. If I'm not feeding you, don't give me anything. But if I'm feeding you, if I'm praying for you, if I'm watching for your soul, why would you be embarrassed about supporting the ministry of your own church? I ain't driving. What's that new car, Reg? That car we saw online? I'm driving an old Dodge. Come on, somebody. That needs some engine work. You ain't got nothing to be embarrassed about. But in the case of Phineas and Hopening, they said, we're not going to give anything to God. We're going to take everything out of the pot for ourselves. And if you don't give it to us, we're going to take it by force. That was the greed that took over. And if the greed wasn't enough, here are two priests, and at least one of them was married, laying with the women at the door of the tabernacle. Brothers, we got to get control of our sexuality because the church can be a vulnerable place. Come on, somebody. We're vulnerable people. Y'all ain't saying nothing. That are looking for the love of God and the devil will put a scoundrel in front of them on their way to the altar. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Can I be old school? You don't meet married women without their husbands. 
Can I be old school? You don't go to a single woman's house and her, her and, and there's nobody there. If she if she invites you in, you stand at the front door, do all your praying, do all your counseling. Y'all ain't saying nothing because you don't want your good to be spoken of as evil. If they got an affliction somewhere on their body other than their head, you take their hands. Okay, y'all ain't come for this, but y'all gonna get it today. Because the Holy Ghost can find out where your ailment is. Come on, somebody. I ain't got to put my hand where the ailment is. Holy Ghost know how to find your cervix. Come on, somebody. Holy Ghost know how to find the lump in your breast. I ain't got to touch it. Holy Ghost will find it. Come on, somebody. I just got to release the anointing. He knows what your body. Just have some common sense. Because you know what the Bible says? And, and be careful. Be careful how you engage in what we call flirting. Because how can you take fire into your bosom? And not be burned. Come on, somebody. There's a way that I hug and kiss Lady Davis. And there's a way I hug and kiss y'all. And never the twain shall meet. Come on, somebody. Because I'm trying to live till I die. Come on, hit somebody. But, yeah, I'm preaching now. Somebody. <laughs> And we don't talk about this, but we whisper about it. And until you bring stuff to the light, people are going to be corrupted by the same old stuff. You have an obligation, not just to preach it, but every believer, to give God a clean vessel. Come on, somebody. The Bible says you need to know how to possess your vessels in holiness. How God going to pour the Holy Ghost into a vessel that's corrupt, to a vessel that's dying, to a vessel that's putrid and that's rotting? I need God to clean my vessel so he can pour his spirit into me so I can minister untainted. But we whisper about it. And until you bring stuff to the light, people are going to be corrupted by the same old stuff. You have an obligation, not just to preach it, but every believer, to give God a clean vessel. Come on, somebody. The Bible says you need to know how to possess your vessels in holiness. How God going to pour the Holy Ghost into a vessel that's corrupt, to a vessel that's dying, to a vessel that's putrid and that's rotting? I need God to clean my vessel so he can pour his spirit into me so I can minister untainted. Because when the people saw what Phineas and Hope we were doing, they stopped coming to the tabernacle. So many people have been turned away from Christ by the behavior of somebody that claims to be Christian. I need you to follow this. Some people right now are going to be lost because you didn't see them, but they saw you. You don't even know where they saw you, but they saw you, and they said, didn't I just see them in the choir? Weren't they holding the basket during the offering? Didn't they have the sheet and help me at the altar? And they never come back. Because you didn't see them, but they saw you. And it matters, saints, how we present ourselves to the Lord. See, y'all say, well, Bishop, why are you starting the year off here? Because I need us to end the year holy. 
I need us to end the year sanctified. I need us to end the year living like believers because when we clean the house, the glory can fall like it needs to fall. Oh God, and you don't clean the house by vacuuming the carpet. You clean the house by bringing your soul to the altar and saying, Lord, if there's anything in me that is not like you, wash me over. Need to wrap this up. They... The priesthood's corrupted. People are corrupted. And then they go to war. Because the enemy is not going to attack you when you're strong. He's going to wait till you get weak. So the enemy says, stop going to prayer. Stop going to Bible class. Stop reading your word at home. When you feel the conviction of the Holy Ghost, ignore the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And while you're doing all of that, he's setting up his next attack. I need to warn somebody in here. The devil is coming for you. Come on, somebody. I don't care how much you shout and how much you speak in tongues. The devil is coming for you. And if you're not ready, come on, somebody. He's going to overtake you and destroy you. And that's why in this season, I need everybody in this church to get closer to the Holy Spirit. Not just so that you can feel the Holy Ghost, but so the Holy Ghost can have his way in your life. And when the Holy Ghost has his way in your life, you just don't shout. You start changing. Come on, somebody. You start pulling stuff away that is not like God. You start adding stuff to you that is like God. And you start saying to the Lord, if there's anything in me that is not like you, I want you to take it from me and wash me. And let me just tell you this. Everything is not an item of clothing. And everything is not going to a club or drinking liquor some things are attitudes some things are mindsets some things oh god are how we treat people and how we handle one another but i need the holy ghost to purge the house of God I need the Holy Ghost to purge the people of God if there's anything in me Jesus that doesn't please you take me back to the water and wash me again if there's anything in me Jesus that doesn't reflect you take me back and wash me all over again I don't want to lose this anointing I don't want to lose this power I don't want to lose lose this virtue so I need you to have your way in my life somebody lift your hands right now shout Lord have your way oh God hallelujah they take they get into a battle with the Philistines and in the midst of the battle the Bible says the Philistines are gaining the victory. And then here comes Phineas and Hopney saying, let's drag out the ark. Kind of like some of us. We don't pray until the first of the month. Y'all ain't saying nothing. When I got bills to pay, then Lord, help me. We don't pray until somebody gets sick. We don't pray until we have trouble in our home. But when was the last time you just went in God's presence and said, Lord, I don't need anything. I just came to be where you are. I didn't come to beg you to give me this or give me that. But I just came to talk to you and to tell you how much I love you. I need somebody in here right now that loves Jesus to lift your hands and say, Lord, I love you. I didn't come to ask for anything, but I came to praise you because you've been good to me. I came to bless you because you bless me. I came to glorify you because you brought me out. I came just to thank you. I need everybody in here for the next 20 seconds to do nothing but just love on God. Come on, love on him. Come on, love on him. Come on, love on him. I love the Lord with all my heart. I love you because you heard my cry. 
I love you because you kept me. I love you because you never left me. I love you because you never forsook me. I failed you, but you kept me. I've come short, but you kept me. I almost lost my mind, but you kept me. The devil tried to destroy me, but you kept me. And all I can do is say thank you. All I can do is say I love you. All I can do is bless your name. Shout hallelujah. They, it's disrespectful. It's disrespectful for a believer to only call on God when there's trouble. Some of y'all got friends like that. You don't ever hear from them till they broke. And then you get this mysterious phone call. Hello, hello. How you doing? I'm fine. It's good to hear from you. Yeah, I just had you on my mind, so I thought I would talk to you. And y'all exchanged pleasantries for a few minutes. Well, I got to go, but by the way, can I hold something until payday? And that's how we treat God. We always asking, but we're never thanking. You know what would happen if you went seven days without asking God for anything, but just thanking God for everything? At the end of the seven days, you'd have more. Y'all ain't saying nothing. At the end of the seven, I dare somebody to spend the next seven days just thanking God. Don't ask him for anything, but just thank him for what he has already done. And God says, you know what? They appreciate me. Let me give them something that they didn't even ask for. They have the nerve to drag the ark out. The same ark they would not sacrifice to. And the same ark that they actually laid with women at the tabernacle. They dragged that ark out like God protect us now. You know what the Bible said? The Bible said Phineas died that day. Hopney died that same day. Eli, who refused to sit down his ungodly sons, was leaning back in the chair, and when he heard the word, he fell back in the chair and broke his neck. And at the same time, Phineas' wife is about to give birth. And she gives birth to a son. And the midwives tell her to rejoice because God's giving you a son. Bible says she wouldn't even look at the baby. Said, what you gonna name the child? Call him Ichabod. What does Ichabod mean? That the glory of the Lord has departed from Israel. Saints, I need the Holy Ghost in this church. Not just because so we can feel good. And not just so we can shout and jump. I need the Holy Ghost in this church because I need life in this church. Come on. And if the Holy Ghost is not going to be in Refuge Temple, I'm changing the name. Ain't no point in us faking it. Come on, somebody. Ain't no point in us pretending that we are refuge. You can only be a refuge if you have life, if you have power, if you have an anointing. So I'm not going to fake it. If we're not going to be a Holy Ghost church, let's just change the name to Ichabod Temple. Come here knowing you ain't going to feel nothing. You ain't going to get nothing. You're not going to experience anything. But the day I change the name is the day I join another church. Come on, somebody. Because I refuse to be connected 
with folk that don't love Jesus. I refuse to be connected with folk that are dead. I refuse to be connected with folk that wallow in sin. If I'm going to heaven, I'm going with some folk that love God, want to serve God, that are full of the power of the Holy Ghost. Grab somebody by the hand and tell them, if you don't want the Holy Ghost, you got to get off this road. I don't care where else you sit, but you got to get off this road. Because I need the Holy Ghost to come down this road. Hey, I've been through hell all week. Been through high water all week. I didn't come to church for foolishness. I came to church to feel the presence and the power of God. So if you don't want him, get off the road. We're going to vote you off the island. Come on, somebody. If you don't want the Holy Ghost, we're going to vote you off the island. Because I need power on my road. I need deliverance on my road. I need healing on my road. I need virtue on my road. My time is up. Let's stand. Let's stand. Let's stand. Let's stand. Let me just tell you this, and then we'll go into the Lord's Supper. You can and will be imperfect with the Holy Ghost. And please don't walk away with the inference that if I'm not flawless, the Spirit won't stay with me. The Bible says the Spirit help of our infirmities. Which means He will dwell with you even in your struggle. As long as you don't give yourself over to your sin. I need some folk in here that has some flaws, but the Holy Ghost kept working on you. And you know what the Holy Ghost does? First of all, he puts so much joy in you that sin loses its appeal. Now, I ain't going to lie, sin has pleasure attached to it, or we wouldn't do it. Come on, somebody. If you're fornicating and not enjoying it, you ain't doing it right. Okay, that'll hit y'all on the way home. It's okay. Because there's a pleasure element attached to sin. Come on, somebody. The last time you cussed somebody out, you knew you were wrong, but you enjoyed what you said. You went around to other folks. I told them. I gave them peace of my mind. Come on, somebody. Because releasing anger like that has a pleasure element attached to it. Y'all post these little nasty pictures on Facebook on your other page, not your saint page. You got a, another page. And they've done research that the likes release dopamine in your brain. And so the more likes you get, the more excited you get. Because you feel wanted, desired, appreciated. So there's a pleasure element attached to sin. So when the Holy Ghost comes, he gives you so much joy until sin starts to lose its appeal. Anybody know what I'm talking about? 
and he keeps pouring joy and more 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 joy until suddenly you know what I'd rather have Jesus oh my God because everybody got to make a choice saints everybody got to make a choice but you got to decide I'd rather have Jesus I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, my brother. You will give up something to follow Jesus. But what he brings to you is so much greater than whatever you had to give up. Come on, somebody. Oh, hallelujah. He just makes the difference. And what the Holy Ghost does, he gives you that joy. And then he starts to give you confidence because your flesh tells you, I can't live without this, 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 or this. Holy Ghost says, yeah, you can live because I can keep you. There's no greater feeling than to be tempted to do something and walk away from it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Ain't no, don't nothing feel better. Then for somebody to make you so mad, you're ready to fight them. And you put your hands in your pockets and walk away. And they saying, oh, you're scared. You're saying, no, you just better be glad I got the Holy Ghost. I ain't scared of you. I could take you right now and you know you've been taken. But the Holy Ghost is keeping me. He's blessing me. Saints, we cannot lose the glory of God in our midst. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. That he lives inside of you. Come on, come on. Come on, let's just don't stand there. Thank God that he's living inside of you. so much for joining us. You are welcome to fellowship with Pastor Reginald Davis and the Refuge Temple Church family on Sundays, 9 a.m. prayer, 10 a.m. Christian education and Bible study, 11 a.m. morning worship and children's church, 4.30 p.m. evening worship, Monday, 6.30 p.m. prayer, Wednesdays, 12 p.m. noonday prayer, Wednesdays, 7 p.m., prayer and Bible study. Friday, 7 p.m., prayer, worship, and the word. Again, come and join us and be blessed. Until next time.